0: Right, man. Well, I am really, really looking forward to this one. A heavyweight legend in the state of Utah, Ben Moa, making the walk in his bare-knuckle FC debut this Saturday night live from the Maverick Center. Ben Moa, how are you, man? It's great to talk to you. Yeah, It's nice to talk to you as well. I did want to kick things off and just kind of ask you, because Jason Laporte kind of talked about it at the show a couple of weeks ago, talking about, you know, you had retired. But then everyone hears, oh, Ben Moe is coming back for bare knuckle. What was this process like to go from the fight in January, retirement over the last 11 months, and then to come back at the Maverick Center for this big time opportunity?
1: So um, my my sons play football during the, uh, so I got two sons that play college football, and then I have one that's in high school, and I don't fight during their football seasons. So I, I had that time off, like after January, my hand was broke. So I had to stop anyway, and their football started. So I was like, uh, my, I told my wife I was retiring from MMA. And then, like literally, uh, the week that, the only week that they don't have football is December 2nd. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden, Nate shook the matchmaker for um. Bare Knuckle calls me and says, hey, man, we heard you, you know, went through that process. And then next thing you know, I asked my wife and she was very adamant about me not fighting. But
0: um, I'm just glad she let me do it. So I did kind of want to ask you a little bit about um, the magnitude of this, right? I mean, you fought for Bellator before, but you just talked to me right before we turned on the cameras and you were saying that you had some big TV interviews and things like that. What's it like being under this big umbrella that is BKFC?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's huge, man. I've been doing interviews and they're so like, it's crazy that they're so professional. Like they, they, you know, they have PR people, they have, uh, you know, I interviewed with the guy from New York this morning and then they were on, I had, they had me on TV. They wrote a story. They wrote two stories about me. It's just, it's it's been quick and fast. And, um, they, you know, it always comes back to like, they say, Oh man, this is a lot of pressure fighting in front of all your people. But I mean, I, I actually, I actually don't shy away from pressure. I actually like pressure and, um, it doesn't bother me much. Um, I have a lot of people coming to this fight, so I'm probably somewhere in the four or five hundred range, so I'll have a lot of people there, so I like the pressure, I like the build up, I like the, um, I like the roar of the crowd, I like,
0: I, I, mean, I really enjoy all that stuff, so. You know, talking about the pressures and things like that, we—I kind of want to talk to you about your extensive athletic career because obviously you've been sure. under the lights in a lot of different opportunities. What's the athletic career of Ben Moa been like from childhood up until now, making the walk for BKFC?
1: Okay, so, um, so it it really hasn't been an athletic upgrade upbringing from my childhood. So essentially, essentially, I. I grew up in gangs and drugs in Southern California. When I when I was twelve years old, I came up here for a family reunion, and I got myself locked up over here. So I got locked up from twelve till I was sixteen in Mill Creek Youth Center in Ogden, and that's why I'm here in Ogden. So, so it, it wasn't really an athletic background; it was a fighting background. It was a fighting. It was it it was you know. Um, and I think that's why bare Knuckles was writing all these stories about me because they're like, Oh man, that's a crazy story. Should we write a book about it? But yeah. Um, a lot of fighting, a lot of drugs, a lot of, um, substance abuse, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, but, um, I didn't start playing football or doing anything with athletics until I was, till I got released from Mill Creek youth center. And, uh, I, I lived with my uncle Mace, who was a counselor at Mill Creek Youth Center. He quit Mill Creek Youth Center, took me in as a foster kid, and that's when I started playing sports. And that's when everyone found out that I was a that you know I was a good athlete. And uh, you know, f- five years out of lockup, I was sitting in the NFL with the
0: pocket full of money. So it was kind of crazy. <laughs> what was that like? competing in the NFL just just in general I mean I don't you don't get the opportunity to talk to someone who has had those types of opportunities every day
1: yeah so you 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 literally have to get unstarstruck to kind of realize hey dude I'm here with these guys and I'm one of them now but it's like you you're walking around I played with Junior Seau I played with Zach Thomas I played with Ricky Williams and they're just like people that have been playing the game and they're done so many cool things it's like you almost get so starstruck that you just sit in there like a fan and you're like yeah, you're but you're a player so it's it's kind of cool that way but um on, on the other on the other side of things it's like it's so much temptation that it's like almost overwhelming you know it's like uh anything you could fathom up in your mind as a temptation it's sitting on it's sitting on your front porch. It's just it's and I, and I don't think I was ready because I was, you know, five years out of lockup. I, was, I don't think I was ready for it. And I don't think and I think that's why it was taking from me my opportunities, because I wasn't ready to for all the stuff it came with.
0: wasn't mentally ready for it. I I did want to ask you a little bit about uh, the fighting career, bring it back over into that from football into fighting is, did you do any training or anything like that? Or were you just kind of consistently fighting at the Mill Creek youth center? You kind of talked about just getting prepped and primed almost during that time.
1: Yeah. No, no, no training, just, just fighting. That's just what you do in those kind of situations. You just, that's how you deal with your problems. You fight uh, um, a lot of, a lot of fighting, no, no, like specific, fight training or anything but we did we did train for like speed and agility stuff and luckily when i was in there there was a lot of counselors that were polynesian like myself and they they kind of taught me how to they kind of taught me what the real like how you're really supposed to be acting and uh what you're supposed to be you know how you're supposed to be conducting yourself as a as a, a you know someone in the in the community so I got I got I learned a lot I learned a lot from those those men
0: in in the youth
1: center so
0: was there a fight or a moment in the youth center you said that you you know a lot of fights happened was there a moment that you went oh shoot I I got some bombs in my hands
1: almost Almost I mean, I hate to say it, but almost every time I fought I, I, I dropped people. I hate to say I like I'm not just cocky dude, like I mess around a lot, like Zach and them know that, but I I mean I, I mean I I've I dropped so many people, like it was crazy. And yeah. I knew I knew as soon as people knew like I could fight. Just I just kinda naturally that's my natural thing to do.
0: I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the big names, Ben, from Kent Mofaleo, Tony Lopez, Eric eyman I mean, some huge heavyweight names that you have faced opposite. Who hits the hardest out of all of those slew of guys that you have faced over the years? I mean, I haven't
1: been hit in the face by any of them, but um, Tony Lopez kicked me in the back of the ear and knocked me out in the third round. So... I mean, I had to give it to Tony because he's the only really one one that hit me in the head. Can't hit me with the uppercut when we were younger. Um, that was that was nice. It was beautiful. Um, that's about. I mean, no one else has really hit me. Can't hit hard though. I we went and trained with him up at Aguima, uh, getting ready for this fight, and he hit me with the, just a little touch body shot,
0: and it was it was a nice one underneath my rib. All right, guys, before we keep going, we got to talk a little bit about our podcast sponsor, Water and Wellness. Now, you've heard us talk about water and wellness before, but I got to tell you, this is the best water I have ever had in my entire life. Alkaline filtered, some of the tastiest stuff you'll ever have. I crave it like it's a cheap meal in itself, but it is so good for you. And they're stationed right here in Salt Lake City. So go ahead, head over to Water and Wellness for the best water you have ever had in your life. Change your water change your life let's get back to the podcast i do want to ask you you know you're you are nearing the end of this fight career it seems like i mean you've already seemed to close the door on the mma side of things obviously this incredible opportunity comes up and so you're going to take it but what do you make of the utah mma scene what do you make of kent Mafaleo and so many others that are kind of carrying the torch and moving the sport in the right direction
1: i think um utah has a lot of great fighters i mean you think you look at the pfl guys I mean, in the last couple of years, we've we've put in we put a lot of Utah people in there, and then the Katniss girls, she's pretty fit, you know, she's famous, and she's doing she's doing a really good job for the women's scene. and uh, I mean, the boys are representing. I think, I mean, the only thing you can do is just keep fighting top tier people, and I think Fierce has done a great job bringing in other talent to fight Utah talent. Because other people are just cycling through Utah guys, and I told I told Zach earlier, and I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna fight anybody from Utah. It doesn't make sense. Like, there's so many people out there. Just bring some people in to let us fight them. And you know, I think uh, Fierce has done a great job lining up good fights for good people, and you know, in the area, and then. Uh, making it they're starting to make a name for themselves for people like okay i can't go fight here bellator or you know pfl but fierce is doing a great job and they filter a lot of those guys that go up into there so i'll go over there and see if i can win a fierce belt then that'll give me some
0: you know some notoriety Yeah, I I did want to ask you, I was really looking forward to interviewing you and specifically why is because you have, in my opinion, the greatest walkout in the state of Utah. Your walkout song, the way you come out. I just wanted to ask you, what was kind of the genesis? What was the idea behind walking out to really, really the energy that you bring? It just feels different than any other fighter that makes the walk typically for fierce.
1: So, I mean, it didn't really, I really planned that to just be like, Oh man, I'm gonna just come out like tough, like I'm mad, and then and then for some reason it just takes over my body, like and I just turn into a stripper. It's just it's weird. <laughs> I just turn. I just, I just love. I love dancing. I'm generally silly in nature, so when I just hear the music and I see the people and I just I just I want to be tough and I want to be mean and make a mean face, but I just can't just. I just, it just, I'm kind of like my 16 year old son. I just, when the music hits, it's just, whatever happens, happens. Like, I don't, it's nothing planned. It's not like rehearsed what I'm going to do. I'm just, I just feel, you know, just let the body, the energy
0: run through my body. Are you a, <laughs> are you a fan of Kevin Gates and, and why the song <laughs> really, really versus any other song?
1: Yes. I'm a really, I'm I'm a fan of Kevin Gates. He's very lyrically like inclined. I mean, uh, that song speaks to me because at the beginning it says my daughter's going to love this one and I only have one daughter and I told her yeah. hold on sorry yeah I told her that I would come out to that song Uh, really really is kind of speaks to me because it's like okay like people, some people say they're about that life but I'm really about that life like I'm really you know I really do this you know it, it, it so for me it kind of gets me in the right state of mind to to be out there and to you know
0: battle. Last couple questions from me. Number one is what gets you excited about going from MMA to bare knuckle?
1: Um, just like the it's like the ultimate man to do, you know, bare knuckles. Sorry, I'm sorry for, but like it's the ultimate. Like there's no gloves. There's no wrestling. There's no takedown. There's no. There's a little tiny clinch deal that you can do with one hand, but after three seconds, it's breaking it up. It's like the ultimate, like, you know. And I and I'm into like watching like uh, all the Viking Valhalla stuff. So I, I'm like, I'm pumped about this. It's like some. I really think it's a very, very pure sport,
0: you know. I kind of asked you this at the top of the podcast, but I do kind of just want to ask you specifically, what was your reaction? I talked about the process, but what was your specific reaction when you got that call? Were you stoked? Are you a fan of BKFC? What was the reaction like for you personally?
1: So the reaction for me was like, it was a dream. Like, this is like one of my things, like, you know, I wanted to fight for the UFC. I wanted to fight for Bill or Bellator, one of those two. I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to be a champion. And and I mean when when I started seeing bare knuckle I was like man I want to like I want to be I want to do that or I want to be the champion of bare knuckle and then after I I I I beat Tony Lopez's ass for for three rounds and then he knocked me out and then he, the the two weeks after that fight he went and won the bare knuckle fight and I'm like he can't even hit me one time with his so I was like, man, I could be the bare knuckle champ. So then I was like, man, I could be the bare knuckle champ. If Tony's the bare knuckle champ, he didn't even touch my face with his hands. Hands slow. But so I, I kind of was like, man, I want to go see. And I would, and I do want to fight in Abu Dhabi, and they do that. They fight in Abu Dhabi. So I'm like a, I'm like a dream big guy, and I'm like a law of attraction guy, and. For some reason, I said, "I want to fight Bernuckle. knuckle." and then two weeks after that, the matchmaker called me. so i'm a I man like i'm I, I dream big and i and I don't like put a lot of limits on myself. so I just kind of dream big and then start chasing dreams and if I catch them, I gonna make new dreams.
0: so here is another question for me then to follow that up is this going to be your last fight or if you do get the win and what we are expecting is that when you do get the win are you going to try to you know petition to go over to abu dhabi and fulfill that dream as well what's the plan for you
1: man i don't know man i just play by by ear and whatever my wife says i could do i'll do like i i, I, lo- I literally love fighting so she lets me fight there's people on there's people fighting bare knuckle that are like 55 i'm like i'm like Oh that's I'm young. <laughs> so I I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens man. I'm just I, I I mean I'm not overlooking Bridger. He he's a tough fighter. He's in he's you know, he's native I think he's native American and fighting native Americans and fighting Mexicans is very hard cuz they're very tough. And he's from Montana so you know and his brother Leo fights. So I know he's going to be tough. I know he's going to be a dog so I'm
0: not I'm not looking past him at all. So well, he loves fighting. We love watching him fight. And December second, this Saturday night, we get to watch it alongside the rest of the world. Utah zone Ben Moa. Thank you so much for the time. We can't wait to see you perform on Saturday night.
1: Thanks, brother.